All right, and welcome to System.Debug. We're your host, Megan SF. And S-Force be with you. And we have a special guest today. So, so special. Tell us more, Nathan. What are we gonna be talking about? We're gonna be talking about how to secure your shizzle because security is one of the foundations of the trust that is part of the Salesforce platform. Trust is one of the most important things. Um, I mean, in the past 10 years, I can't even count how many times big companies have gotten breached. And without security, um, you might as well just be passing notes in class. So it can be intercepted anywhere. So we're going to dig into the nuts and bolts of Salesforce security. For real. And we have Shannon Smith and Wakas Nazir here from Digisec to talk with us. What up, dudes? Hey, thanks for having us. Of course. Welcome. Welcome. So first off, um, why don't you tell us who you are? Yeah. Uh, Shannon, let's start with you. Who are you, Shannon? Do you like long walks on the beach? I do. I just came from the beach and I took long walks every day. Actually, not very nearly long enough because I was a long over, but... Um, did take walks on the beach every day. It was very nice. And uh, I, I like uh, security, among other things. Um, I always like security because it kind of pushes the boundaries of what you can do with the computer. And, uh, and that's fun and exciting because you never know what's going to happen. Uh, unless you work with people like Wakas, they always come back with God-level access to your stuff every single time. So it's not as exciting, but it is exciting at the same time. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm a computer guy. I started uh, back when your your friend uh, Paul started way, way back in the day, hacking code as a little kid and running bulletin board systems and building e-commerce and content management systems in the following decade. And then uh, around 2000, I started uh, participating in the cybersecurity industry professionally and, and uh, yeah, started doing Salesforce stuff I guess, 15, 16 years ago. And uh, been fascinated by the crazy, amazing eco sales community and ecosystem that, that is Salesforce and uh, still have a lot to learn. But, uh, you know, it's been exciting bringing some of my tech and security knowledge into this ecosystem and interfacing with people and, and uh, really enjoyed it. Lots nice. Of, lots of learn on both sides. Nice. And what about you, Akash? Tell us about you. So, um, similar background, uh, interested in, in tech um, ever since, you know, I came out of college. Um, and my first real job was um, working for um, a company that produced the most amount of, you know, software on, on the planet. And uh, I was part of a team of very skilled um hackers who were basically tasked to break software before it was pushed to, our, to the world to use. So I got exposed early on into the world of breaking stuff. Um, and ever since I've sort of uh, been very attracted to this field. Um, so I'm a software guy from background, but as I was, was working in, this, in the software area, I, I, I found that um, the people building the software and the people breaking the software are, you know, pretty much same technically, you know, from a technical standpoint, 
but they look at uh, things from a different lens. And that's where the difference exists, right? So uh, a security guy looks at a, at a piece of software from the lens of like, how can I break it? And then a developer looks at like, how can I build something which works, right? So there, so it's just a change in the way of looking to, looking at the same uh, piece of software. So that was pretty fascinating for me. And that's, you know, what kept me interested in the field. And when I saw Salesforce sort of, you know, you know, expand and uh, come up with Apex and Lightning Web Components and all these fun stuff, uh, I was really intrigued by it and uh, found that to be quite interesting. And that's what led me to um, do more security stuff for Salesforce. So Dwakas is, I mean, probably one of the first things that comes to mind for me with, as you've been working in Salesforce security and with all of the different things that you've seen across all these different environments for all these different people, what's one of the most common critical items you see in orgs um, today that are out, that's out there? So that's a really good question. So one of the, the, the main things that we see and quite often is that this understanding that when you start customizing Salesforce by writing your own code or by changing different configuration, you know, enabling different features, um, there's no real impact to the security of the system, right? Um, one of the things that many people don't realize is that the code that gets deployed, for example, Apex controllers that get deployed in Salesforce um, run with system context, right? So um, whatever that controller is designed to do um, will run with um, no um, uh, guardrails around it, right? Unless you take things into account that, hey, the, if this controller is being call, called by a certain um, user or a certain profile, um, and if you're accessing a certain object, if you don't validate whether this user should be calling this controller or uh, yeah, accessing this object, the controller will happily give you the data because it has access to everything. So one of the most common things that we find is, uh, which is called authorization bypass. So you design your system, you design your permission sets, you design your profiles, you have, what have you, but then you then you release this controller that kind of breaks everything, like the whole security model. So that's one of the, the most common things that we see uh, with um, customized uh, Salesforce environments is that the controllers are not enforcing uh, proper permissions um, and validating, you know, the the user calling them has the ability to do so, and that has you know potentially led to breaches and things like that. Speaking of escalation privilege. I forgot to mention, this is not my father. Um, <laughs> um, but um, but before we dive into the tech too deep, I, I want at some and I just want to throw this out there. You guys are the hosts, so you tell me when it's a good time. But we have a demo today of a hack, right? And it's a short one. It's basically from a contact us page to admin of your Salesforce in less than five minutes. You know, so at some point, if you guys want to see that, uh, I can pull that up and we'll cost can take you through it. It's basically just leveraging only two vulnerabilities, one of which what cost was just mentioning, which is an authorization bypass. And the second one is a 
escalation of privilege. Oh, sorry. The first one is an injection error. The second one is an escalation of privilege, right? So you basically injection error to get through the contact us form and then um, low level user access at that point, but then an escalation of privilege or authorization bypass bug and Shazam. And I will definitely get there. We'll but, definitely yeah, I'm just letting there. you know that's that's yeah. an option whenever you guys want to go there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and you know, well, Cross, I, I think you did a great job of pointing out the fact that, you know, there's so much that is out there and so many different possibilities, especially when looking at custom code. But, you know, there are also a lot of risks declaratively that can happen with security and they can really put your org at high risk that people may not realize. And that they may think, well, it's Salesforce and they gave me this option, so it must be safe. Uh, you know, what are some of those items that you see out there or some of those items to be aware of that people should be watching out for in their org? That's a very good uh, question. And I think there's a lot of things that Salesforce enables you to do, uh, which opens up access, but that also opens up attack surface, right? For example, like the, the most, um, I would say critical thing that you could do is um, enable like, um, sharing rules, which basically share out complete types of data across the board. So we've seen like, you know, you can create a profile-based sharing rules. So we've seen, for example, guest profiles given a sharing rule, which basically is an invalid sharing rule, but it gives you complete access. For example, it'll say, you know, share this object if ID is equal to ABCD or something, right? Which never happens, right? So anybody who has access then from that profile perspective can call that data. Um, or, you know, you, we've seen like people enable uh, certain permission sets would basically um, give them sort of the carte blanche access to um, all records, right? So that's one that we've seen like, which has drastic repercussions, right? Because um, if you have, let's say that sharing rule and you couple that with the fact that you have a force.com site or a, or a community site, then basically anybody can come and say, hey, give me all the account objects or give me all the contracts or give me all the documents. I've seen guest user profiles where they share an object where name is not equal to null. Yeah. And exactly. that, that would, and, and yeah, like if you want, if you've got a, an object where yes, you want to display something like in a, like in a sidebar where you've got like an amazon.com or you know you've got mm -hmm. these categories of things that you're searching for yes that makes right. sense but isn't it safer to have a, at least an is active equals true or something right like that, right and, and they have taken away modify all and view all from the guest profile as well as from community profiles now so that's no longer available so salesforce is making strides there and definitely doing an enforcement of security at least on the community side so something to think of Sorry. I think that's a good step in the you know right direction because modifying data is is, is even worse, right? Uh, than just being able to read data. But uh, to um, Nate's point, um, you know, creating those rules which basically don't make sense, but it gives you basically all access doesn't is not uh, something uh, that you should do from a security perspective. But even though like edit and uh, modify all is taken away. Um, we've seen people write rules that basically give you read access to everything. So it's still, you know, depending upon the type of object, you can still expose you 
to interesting attack vectors. Um, and then, you know, couple that with a lot of the other config issues, like are you managing sessions? How are you managing credentials? How are you managing your integrations? Um, what type of integrations are you allowing, allowing, right? So there's like, you know, many different ways. Remote sites is one thing, right? Your code being able to call something, but then there is content security policy, which is who put, what type of content can be loaded within your instance. So all those things uh, play into the overall security. And we've seen, um, unfortunately, like wildcarding, like Google, google.com or like big large properties being wildcarded, which is basically anybody's content can be loaded within my Salesforce instance. So it could be you know, pretty bad uh, from that perspective as well. Well, Kas, what was one of the first things that kind of caught your attention when you started using the Salesforce platform as far as, well, like for instance, uh, you know, if I came from a sort of a Microsoft background and I went, oh my gosh, I don't need to use LINQ to turn a database object into a logic operable object. Like that's amazing. Uh, what was one of those, could be security, could be not, uh, that, that kind of caught your attention and went, wow, they're, they're doing this well. Yeah, I think the one thing that is really exciting about Salesforce as a platform is the, the um, coming together of the code, the environment, and all the associated components in one platform, which is quite unique. Because back in the day when I was doing security, we would do uh, whatever we call like a code review or a pen test. And then we'll ship that product and another team would deploy it. And then um, there will be sort of this disconnect between what we reviewed and what got deployed and things like that. But with Salesforce, you're able to actually look at it holistically, like the data layer, like you said, the data, everything is driven by the data. The code is there, uh, the configs are there, um, and all the moving pieces associated with it. So that to me was pretty interesting from a, like a technology perspective. But when I looked at it from a security perspective, it was also more interesting because now the whole puzzle was there, right? You just had to solve it in a way that it's secure. Um, but all the pieces were sort of contained within, within this box, right? Uh, so to, to me, that was pretty, pretty interesting and, and exciting um, to, to, to tackle the security piece of it. Yeah, I remember I came into Salesforce as a, basically an Excel VBA data guy. And uh, that unique ID at the end where you could put salesforce.com slash the unique ID and it goes to the record, that was like, Oh my gosh, we're we're cooking with gas now. That was that was amazing, <laughs> and it's a small thing, but I mean, I would get the uh, the Excel connector and pull down a report of stuff, and then I could go, all right, you got the ID and the name of the contact or account or you know tutor or student was where that was the first company I worked at at the tutoring company, and uh, I could just go, you know, link column equals HTTPS yada yada slash, and then point to the ID and boom, you got a link, and that was I mean. I was the hero for about a month for that. So that was not very security specific, but that was pretty sweet. In the late for 90s, was, I was building a... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, for me, it was the fact that I wasn't working in green screen anymore and people didn't have to use the F keys and tab. I was so excited. It was like, whoa, why isn't the whole world made like this? It totally changed my mind about what business software had to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what my thing was. Like I built you know, what we called ASP. We were an application service provider in the late 90s, built e-commerce system and content management system, cold fusion and SQL server and all that. But 
you know, we made it easy for people to do certain things, right? Like certain, you know, whatever, list a product, sell a product, you know, list some, you know, basic content management stuff. The cool thing about Salesforce was it was like a paradigm leap beyond that because it allowed you to take business processes and just start creating them in the software, right? And that's what struck me the first time I started. I was just using it mostly as this basic CRM for sales in the mid 2000s. But looking at it from a systematic point of view, kind of like the cost was saying, where you have everything. I mean, it's the full, it's the all the servers, the full SaaS stack, you know, everything all the way to the top and the user. I mean, the, the stack was amazing and the ability to map process, business processes through that stack, you know, in a very short period of time was, was just unheard of. And from a security point of view, I can see how that would be insanely interesting, right? Because now you can hit multiple layers of the stack, you know, and it's all part of the same thing, more or less. Which is something you don't want to do on a call with a client because then they can see how fast everything happens, right? Yeah. But only when you're showing it to them because when you're not showing it to them, it always takes a little longer, right? right. Oh yeah, hey. let's tweak this. And like, hey, wait, that took five to 10 minutes. Uh, why are we getting hey, we're not supposed to well, live build? Wait. Sometimes we run into things. You know? <laughs> you don't see that. It's only working because you're looking right. You know, it's a side note though, really quick, jump into that live build concept because yeah, Shannon, of course, if you're not regular like watchers of us, we do this sidetrack thing. Uh, so building a community, oh my gosh, one of my favorite things to do is just have a test page and drop a ton of components on there, move them around the page and just show them what all the pages can do. Now, to put them nice and neat and orderly on a page, of course, takes time and planning, but at least to demo a component, oh, it's one of my favorite ways to do it. Same thing with like, this is CMS, this is native CMS. Oh my gosh, this is fun. Plus you get to show it in the community and show all the white space and people love seeing what the white space looks like. Continue on to security. Nate, take it away. Um, so I guess what have been some of the things in the last, I don't know, five years? Gosh, when did permission set groups come out? Five years ago? Uh, two years ago. Two years ago. But yeah, what have been some of the things in the last five years that have been hey, now it's like, it was already pretty good, but now it's getting really good. Like, you know, intricate level uh, will cost, I guess. Something in the last five so, years. Right? Yeah, I think from, um, from uh, like a security perspective, definitely the granularity of permission sets. Um, that was a, a big feature that, uh, you know, enables granular control um the also like some some key features which are not existent in some other platforms for example um structured ob object search language so you can search objects right uh from a from a security perspective that's very interesting um and then the way you construct those search queries that could have a you know a security impact uh on those things so I think there, like over the years, there have been like a lot of interesting features that have been added um, as part of the stack, uh, which which are quite interesting from a security perspective. Even with new releases like you know Salesforce Flows, um, they have this feature of you know just clicking a small dropdown saying "Run as System," uh, that basically gives it's the same thing. Yeah. Running. What do you think about that? 
Or like run his system, run his user, run his depends on contacts. Like which one are you gonna pick, man? Inherited like, sharing, inherited from yeah. Exactly. So these small like drop downs and small clicky things that keep getting added, there's a security implication to that. And that's what uh, you know, from our perspective, is always interesting to see in every release is like what's changing and how that's gonna impact uh, the overall security. Yeah, and I, I don't think people always realize what a large impact some of those have, you know, uh, like that running system. Uh, so use case that I used it for was within a community to allow users to share a user record with the user that they are requesting uh, their own user record when they are requesting access to another record within the community because it was not account-based sharing that was needed. But they wanted it run by community users that run internally. So it's totally separate from accounts, totally separate from everything else. And they have this random custom object running sharing managed by people from all sorts of different accounts. Well, we had to open up the sharing to make that possible, but we wanted to make it individual. So there's like a subflow that opens up the sharing. Cause I was like, I don't know about the whole thing. Like Originally, it's the whole thing. Then it's just a little bit of the whole thing. Yeah. Terrifying, man. Like, the more you think about it, the more it trips you up. And it just terrifies you what some of these superpowers do. Like, great power comes great, great responsibility. Comes from, I was going to say and, that. It was great power right? comes great responsibility. I mean, that's absolutely true. Like, I feel yeah. like I'm, like, yeah. going all Uncle Ben on, like, every single Salesforce user. But, like. Watch your superpowers, people. Watch your superpowers and use them for good and not evil. Yeah. Because it's so easy. It it, it reminds (laughs) me of the time when, like, most of the processes on computers would run with system permissions because it was so easy to test. It will never fail, right? There will be... You mean we we don't just test the sysadmin? Like, (laughs) I thought we only test the sysadmin. Or write tests as sysadmin? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah, so that was that's like kind of approach, right? Is when you're giving that level of access, it's like heaven for a sysadmin because every every scenario would work, every every use case would work, and it's 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 excellent for the hacker too because now they can basically get at, at all the data. Um, so yeah, it's very. Um, so when you say you're scared. There's reason to be scared. So yeah. it's, it is something not shouldn't be taken lightly. So, so our the, last episode oh, yeah. was about deployment, right? How to prepare for deployment, plan, et cetera. Um, one of the things that I'm sure Megan and, uh, and you and I have, have all run into is how do you how do you give permissions? Do you use a profile? Do you use a permission set? Because if you do it via profiles, you might have to make the same changes to several profiles, but you can kind of do it once. If you do it through permission sets, though, you have to manage the user. um, What's that called? Uh, User permission permission, uh, um, assignment records. What does Okta do? User configuration. Oh, oh, you're uh, Identity access management. Identity access management. User provisioning. There we go. Right. Every time a new person joins, you got to. Well, you've got to have provisioning either way. 
either way, but if you have it all in the profile, it's kind of a one and done. Don't but then you got it if everybody's the got the you same don't permissions want it for on the profile. Exactly. But it, it depends on if you've got something like that set up, you know, do you have something to automatically manage permission sets? Do you have an admin that totally does all that and that's their job or no, it may be- It takes a spreadsheet, profiles. man. It takes a spreadsheet. It takes a village. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a, a super calc spreadsheet. No, I, I think Nate's right though. I mean, if you got, you gotta have your systems in place if you're winging every single user on- That's why it was spreadsheet. Your initial- Bye. Yeah, no, spreadsheets are great. I mean, that can be part of, part of whatever you're, yeah. I mean, there's better than no like, sheet. I remember when I was an admin, that's that's what we had. We had a column for each role. This was back before permission set groups, of course. We're talking like 12 years ago. Um, but if the but sheet's on a shared drive, you need to secure your sheet as well. It was on my laptop. <sighs> Thank you. Uh, there's a yeah. tongue twister in here somewhere. Secure, <laughs> secure your sheets. Okay. She she stores her sheet on a shared drive or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, but yeah. I, anyways, well, Cost, what's your thoughts? Who's been a security expert? Sorry, now that I've like bickered at Nathan enough for us no, to be, like, married that, for twenty years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think our conversation is valid in the sense that the end goal is making sure that the right people have right access to the to the right resources and not the other way around. What we've seen, it, I think with profiles is like notorious is like, you know, it's uh, it's easier to create overly permissive profiles and add yeah. people to it. Um, and permission sets tend to be more, you know, specific and granular. That's why they're perhaps harder to um, onboard and then things like that. Um, or people don't change the profile when they change rules. Exactly. Because they think the person can see it. They're good to go. They're already logged in. But right. permission set that they would go in, they'd sh- switch it all up. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, yeah. I think I think from a security perspective, what needs to happen is like ensuring that your use case is completely, you know, covered. Um yeah. and with permission sets, in my opinion, it's much easier to, to do than with yeah. profiles, which tend to be happening. Like there's the ideal and then there's the practicality, right? Right. So the, the practicality of it is that um, it's perhaps better to scale with permission sets and things like that. And then uh, what are some of the, what's probably the number one way that people can, you know, as they're, building ensure they're building right and building securely i guess i should say yeah well not to <laughs> sound like i mean we, we as a company enable that right um yeah as developers are developing they're able to easily assess the security of their code uh, the configurations of the salesforce environment where they're going to deploy the code um, as part of their build process um, whether they use like any CI/CD tool, um, I think having that. That's my next question. Don't don't talk about CI/CD yet. We're getting okay. there. Um, so I think, from our perspective, you know, developing without security in mind uh, leads to um, security issues in production, right? As and then if they're found in production, it's hard to fix. Many times, the people who develop the stuff have moved on. 
um, and there's little to no sometimes business context around why this was done. So it becomes a nightmare really to fix a security bug in production. So ideally people should be building securely from the ground up uh, as they're thinking about features, as they're thinking about use cases, um, they should be thinking for the, about the security implications of those use cases and then addressing all the threats, right? Um, putting themselves in the, in the shoes of a hacker to like, how would somebody break the system, right? And then they'll be able to protect it better. Um, so that's, you know, some of the, the approaches they can do. And of course, we have a tool to do that. So. And not nice. just escaping Sockle and Sossel, right? Like, right. Let's, let's put our, you know, big people <laughs> pants on and kind of think of the whole system. Exactly. Yeah. And what's interesting is like, even that is like a pretty common bug that we see. It's like Sockle <laughs> injection and Sossel injection. So people- Most of the time, and, unless it's getting caught in a security review, it can slip under the radar for years. Yeah. Really? Huh. Well, so, and we, we talked a bit about making sure your stuff and Salesforce is secure. How do you make sure your CICD process and your deployment process is secure? Because I feel like that's kind of a gap for, for a lot of that's places. A thing? People don't Tell always think more. about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what's yeah. interesting is like, like you said, um, Salesforce deployments productions are very valuable, right? So even if people want to secure, that's where they focus on. But like stuff in their sandbox is pretty much identical, right? And they're making sometimes changes in sandbox and not thinking about the security implications of the sandbox. As well as in dev environments, they're playing with the similar data or sometimes you know similar data sets. So um, our approach is that dev, test, sandbox, production, all of them should be secured because it's a SaaS platform, right? It's available to the world. It's not like, you know, the developer only has access to it on their local machine. Um, it's, you know, if you look at like any major Salesforce, um, you know, my domain, like, you know, let's say, you know, awesome.my.salesforce.com. And then you add like dash dash dev to it, you'll hit the dev instance. And then there's like a lot of fun stuff to be had because it's basically the same company's dev instance, but it's many times not focused on because they're focused on the production, uh, if they are at all, so. And that's something huge, especially for communities, Meg, Ms. Community, is uh, if you're in a sandbox or a scratch org, as soon as you publish that, anybody can get to it. Don't think that, you know, like if, if right. you make a Google, Google sheet uh, publicly available, I can run a script to go, you know, drive.google.com. Let's just churn through IDs and I'll eventually get to you, right? And I mean, making your user test uh, at test.com with the password of password or Salesforce One is not the way to go, people. Stop using Salesforce One and stop using password, especially especially when you have communities. These things are so like blatantly obvious to find. And everybody makes, you know, test user at dev.org or myorg.dev. Especially if Please it's watch admin. out. Yeah. No admins yes. with the password password. That should be not, you shouldn't be or, able to do that. Or Salesforce one. I just, yeah. I don't, I can't, I'm shocked that Salesforce lets you make Salesforce your password. <laughs> it just blows my mind, especially because it hits that minimum maximum or minimum number of characters for everything. Yeah. 
I mean, that's like seventies hacking. Come on, like it's fast. It's, it's 40, 50 you know, whenever I can't figure out like what a shared what is, it's usually what I guess. And you wouldn't believe in the past so many orgs I've gotten into, like for shared logins with that. Yeah, not even certain the like last pass or the password one or the which am I call it pass or the Google sheet with all the passwords wherever people keep passwords. Yeah, you can uh, have the best application security CI/CD pipeline that anybody could ever dream of. And if all your admins have all their passwords as passwords, you know, it's not going to matter. <laughs> it's right. like, you know, you got to have like focus on so many different areas to have, you know, a good chance of keeping your stuff, locked, your shizzle locked down. What is it? Secure your shizzle. Sorry. <laughs> Secure your sheet. There you go. And I think, I don't know if this is still the case, but. Salesforce back in the day used to allow two character passwords and we used to get a chuckle out of right? it. Right? Uh, that was so long ago. <laughs> so it was, <laughs> always, it was always fun to find that out just to yeah. that. The reason they have it is because somebody still has it as a password right. so that it doesn't break their system. Uh, but uh, it's, it's interesting that uh, that was the case. And Sockety last... integration user system admin too. That one drives me nuts. Sorry. Personal. Clone the profile, please, people. Yeah, clone I it. Mean, clone it. Yeah, clone the profile. It only needs access to certain things. Um, why don't you tell us, so before we wrap, um, tell us more about DigitSec. Like, what do you guys do? And uh, give us a little spiel on uh, what, are, what are some of your you know, ways to help people navigate the very capable, but not often utilized uh, security functionality in uh, on the Salesforce platform and beyond. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I like to uh, pass it off to Shannon, but I mean, from our perspective, we're very interested in helping the community um, overall to um, enable trust, right? From the get-go as people are developing and changing Salesforce. Um, and our value proposition is really giving the customers this, the ease of mind that as they're making these changes, they're doing it in a secure manner and they can ship with confidence that whatever we're putting out in production, we've tested and it's been reviewed um, and it won't possess you know, security vulnerabilities and things like that. Um, but with that, I'll, I'll ask Shannon to chime in. Yeah, I mean, I'll just add to that, you know, I think, uh, the number one thing we're trying to do is, you know, there's this whole ratio of 500 to one, like there's one security person for every 500 developers. I think it's like, you could say developers and admins, right? So you have one security person that's going to try to keep up with 500 people making little mistakes here and there. It's never going to work, right? And so what we're all about doing is kind of making everybody security people, right? So that everybody can run scans and make it easy, make it fun, gamify it. You know, so really empower the developers uh, to find their own bugs, understand why they're bugs, easily be able to fix them, and then, uh, you know, move beyond that. Uh, and the more they do that, the more they learn about what not to do, right? And so the less likely they are to do it. And so you end up with this nice, you know, positive feedback cycle at the end of the day. 
um, you know, this look has this look of the Milky Way or whatever, right? And so the whole idea is we we want to help developers help themselves. We want to help admins help themselves learn about these things when they get released into production or while they're in development, you know, get them fixed as soon as possible. But then over time, you know, it's less and less likely that anything is ever going to hit production, right? Because you're going to catch it in sandbox or staging or testing. And so we would just want to continue to push left so that, um, these things are taken taken out way before they could ever be dangerous. Fail early and fail often. Right? There we go. That's I it. Guess. Fail early and fail often. I, I definitely say that's probably the best summary of what we're trying to do. For nice. specifically for Salesforce. So we're taking, you know, 20 years of security ap application security knowledge and trying to laser focus it and purpose build it for the Salesforce community. That's fantastic. All right. Well, I know we've gone a few minutes over, but I think this was a great, uh, we had a great time having you guys on here. A um, couple of announcements that I just want to make is also this Saturday, 417 Road to CTA Salesforce Saturday. We are going to have costs going through best practices, um, ways to keep your org secure, as well as going through security Q&A. Um, bring your toughest questions. You can register for that on Eventbrite. Also, there is the um, Zachary Banks uh, uh, Salesforce Salary Survey that is going on right now. Make sure you fill that out. Great opportunity to get involved with the community, get us some feedback, and find out if you are uh, getting paid what you're worth. And then, Nathan, what about you for any announcements? You're on mute. Sorry, I was doing Command Function A instead of Command Shift A. Dang it. Um, uh, Deploy, deploy, deploy. I'm kind of brain dead right now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I've, I've got nothing this week. I'm sure there's stuff out there. But as soon as we get this shipped, I'm sure I will check the uh, user groups. I mean, you know, the nice thing is because everything is still pretty much 100% virtual. Um, there is, it's almost uh, saturation overload as far as things that you can attend. Yeah. So please check out trailblazercommunitygroups.com. Uh, check out was it trail trailblazer.salesforce.com and and there's there's so many events Ooh. going on and the community is now in trailhead go too on your phones and devices so check that out way fun and trailhead go is available for ios and android that was oh, i have it now yep. i'm android <laughs> but yeah. yeah thank you all for coming by this was oh, awesome and thank you, you so much. we'll talk to you guys